Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Amen. All right, you guys may have a seat. I want to ask you guys before we get started, how's it been going with these first two Sundays or these last two Sundays as we've been talking about seeking God and taking our relationship with God to another level? Has anybody's prayer life changed? Wow, awesome, amazing. That's what it's about, connecting with God. God still speaks. And if you're here for the first time, we've been talking about a new series. We started it last week called In Sync, Hearing God Today. We really know that God still speaks today. And it's not a matter of him not speaking. It's a matter of us being able to listen to his voice, right? And we started last week kicking it off with prayer and getting into the presence of God because that sets the tone to be able to listen to God's word. So today we're going to continue. We're going to talk about different ways that God speaks because God speaks in millions of ways. You can't put God in a box. I mean, God's used cartoons to speak to me. Come on. I'm watching cartoons with my son, and God speaks to me through Blaze and the Monster Machines. So God has funny ways of speaking, but we're going to talk about a few common ways that God speaks. And I pray that this helps you in your relationship with God and in you growing and getting to know God more so that you could start hearing God's voice through these mediums. Amen? But before that, let us I don't know how many of you guys have ever played a game called Two Truths and a Lie. Has anybody ever played that game? Yeah, you're usually playing in small group settings, and it's a game where you tell two truths about yourself and one lie. So total of three statements, two of them are true, and one of them is a lie. So I want to play this game with you guys, and we're going to do this really quick. I have a few things that I'm going to say about myself, and you have to tell me which of the three statements are a lie. You guys down? Yeah? Or you guys don't want to play? Yeah? We're going to play anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right. Okay, first of all. I have an eccentricity, and that eccentricity is that when I buy M&Ms, I open the pack, and I first eat all the blue M&Ms, and then I eat all the other ones. That's the first statement. The second statement is that I wasn't born this way, but I became, in time, allergic to shellfish, and eventually I became allergic to seafood as a whole. And my third statement is I took a year of weight training as a senior in high school. So... (laughs) What am I supposed to think about that comment? (laughs) Jokes aside, which one of those comments or those statements is a lie? The second? The first? How many say the first? How many say the second? How many say the third? Yeah, it's the first one. The first one's a lie. All the people that know me and know that I love chocolate probably, right, yeah. I gave it away. Okay, let's do another one. Last one. Here goes the next one. Okay, first statement. Carly and I have been married for 10 years now, going on 11. First statement. Second statement. During those 10 years, we've had our shares of struggles. We had our joys. We had a beautiful son called Luca. Have a beautiful son called Luca. And we spent all 10 years of our marriage serving God here at JTP. The third statement is Carly called me the other day at work with just one word, and she said, hey, And I go, who's this? And she said, it's Carly. And I go, Carly? And she says, yeah, Carla Aguero, your wife? My wife? Who? End of story. 
Which is the lie out of those three statements? The third one, of course. That was pretty easy for you guys to guess. Why? Because being 11 years married almost to my wife, there's a familiarity in her voice that when she calls me, I already know who she is. As a matter of fact, I gave that example last week for those that came here. When Carly calls me up, she doesn't have to say much. She just says, hey, or she says, babe, like she calls me, and I already know it's her. And I think that's what God wants to lead every single one of us to. Jesus calls us to a similar close relation to him where we instantly recognize his voice. And don't worry, it's not going to take you 11 years to get to know God's voice. It's just a matter of getting started and starting to be familiar with God speaking to you. And just within a matter of weeks, you're going to start listening to God's voice and saying, hey, that's God. That's not my conscience. That's not just me supposing something. I think it's incredible that the creator of everything that we see, the creator of the universe, invites us to enjoy a familiar relationship with him. I know we talk a lot about this in church, but can you just stop and, you know, start thinking in depth about this statement that we just finished saying, that you get to have a close and familiar relationship with the creator of all the universe. Sometimes we strive so hard to get acknowledgement from people because they're at a high position or because they're successful and, you know, we're starting our business and they're in the same business that we are and they, they're so much higher than us and we'd love to sit down with them. The other day they were talking about an auction for a lunch with Warren Buffett. It was an auction. Was it on eBay? But somebody paid uh, just an incredible, enormous amount of money, millions of dollars, just to sit down for a couple of hours with Warren Buffett. But that person paid that money because he knew he was going to get a return a lot more than what he invested but more than Warren Buffett, more than any pro athlete, I mean, if, for those that are into sports, you know, Stephon Curry, what a game last night, by the way. You know, more than anybody that you admire, man, we get to have a close relationship with Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, with God the Father. I mean, that's something that we should never take for granted. It's a true dialogue. The Bible says that it's a relationship where we pray to God and he listens to us. He speaks and we listen to him. Those are the characteristics of a true dialogue. So it's not just a one-way conversation. It's a conversation that goes both ways. I want to challenge you if you're sitting here and you still haven't enjoyed the amazing relationship that is available for every single person that loves God. I mean, you should take advantage of it because God doesn't just want you to speak to him constantly and never hear his voice. God wants you to connect with him in that way where you could have such familiarity that God could speak to you but also you could speak to him and you could understand them and he could understand you and you guys come together you need to understand that God really wants to talk to you God is not too busy and you're like trying to do everything to get God's attention no God wants to talk to us God is desiring 24 7 to to come in contact with you and to talk to you if you don't understand that truth, then you'll always experience doubt every time you read the Bible. God doesn't just want to talk to you. He wants you to depend on hearing from him just as we depend on the air that we need every time we breathe in order to live. God wants you to depend on God in that way. And you're probably saying, whoa, I've, I barely, I don't think I've ever heard God's voice once. And I need to depend on God's voice just like the air I breathe. Man, how many times do I breathe in an hour? I mean, and that's how many times I need to listen to God's voice. Yeah, God wants you to be connected to him in that way. And it's possible. 
Check it out. Matthew 4, 4. First verse we're going to read today. I'm going to read a little bit. And this is a story when Jesus gets tempted in the desert by the enemy, by the devil. And he quoted Deuteronomy 8, 3. When the enemy came to him and told him, hey, you know, I want you to do this miracle. I want you to do that. You know, transform these rocks into bread because you're starving and you're the son of God. You can do it. Go ahead. I'm cheering for you. He answered this way. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God stated that we are to live by every single word that comes out of the voice of God or out of the mouth of God. So if we're not listening to the voice of God, it could possibly mean that we're not living the best life that we have available for us. But when we start living from every word that comes out of the mouth of God, when we, are, we pay attention to everything that God speaks to us, things start changing. God's words nourish us. They feed us even better than real food does. God doesn't call you to live by your conscience. God doesn't even want you to come over here and live by your pastor's teachings. That's not enough. Or by your attendance to church every Sunday. God wants us to live by what church? Come on. By every word that comes out of the mouth of God. All right, you guys are getting there. A little slow, but you guys are getting there. So check this out. There's been a few very small select people. And let's get this out of the way because we're going to jump into different ways that God speaks to us. There's a very small percentage of people that had the privilege of hearing God's voice audibly. I shared a little bit about my father's experience, how when he was young, he actually prayed for this. My father prayed for two things. He prayed that he wanted to hear God's voice audibly, like speaking to him, like I'm speaking to you now. And he also wanted to see an angel. And I truly believe this. I, I believe that if that's a desire of your heart, and if you ask God for it, God will grant you the privilege. Maybe not that same day that you ask him for it, but in time, you're going to have a day when God's going to reveal himself to you. You see, my dad, when he was young, he would pray that he wanted to see an angel, that he wanted to see an angel. He wanted to see Jesus because he started, you know, reading the Bible and see how Moses talked to God face to face. And he said, I want to see Jesus. I want to see an angel. I want to see. And, and for a long time since he converted, and he converted really young, he was only eight years old, he, he was asking that. To the point that one day in his early 20s, he used to have a best friend that they used to go to church together. They used to seek God. They used to fast together. They would go into a place in the woods where they had a small hut and they had like a little lantern, those old school kerosene lanterns. I know you guys don't know what that's about, but you know, you had to light it up, you know, with a match and stuff. They would go over there in the middle of the woods and they would just start praying to God. God, we want to know you. And one day my dad's best friend couldn't make it. His name was Santiago. And that night, my dad was deciding, well, should I just go alone or should I just wait until next week? Or... So my dad decided, you know what? I'm hungry for God. He had a passion for God ever since he was young. So he says, I'm going to go anyways. He decided to go, went all the way to the woods, turned on the lamp, and he started praying to God. And like he would always pray, God, I want to see you. I want to see you. I love hearing the story. It's always like if it's the first time I hear it. He was on his knees, just praying to God. And he says that when he's asking God, God, I want, I want to see you. I want to see you. He says that the place lit up. Keep in mind, he's in the middle of the woods. No electricity. He's just in this little hut. He just has a little lamp that's on. And when he's asking for this, he's looking at the floor. He's praying. And he sees a light. He doesn't even know what it is. But from something in back of him that lights up the entire room so bright. And it's not just the light. 
he starts describing, it's hard to describe when you have an experience like that, but he started to describe to me that it was like the holiness of God was so strong that you feel so little, you feel so inadequate, you feel like it's too much. And as much as my God wanted to see Jesus and wanted to see an angel, he says that he just didn't have the strength to just turn around, but he knew that he would turn around, Jesus was right there. And then he had to say, you know, I'm sorry, God, I didn't know what I was asking, I messed up. You know, with time, the light faded away. So God has supernatural interventions and supernatural ways of speaking to us. If you really desire in your heart for God to speak to you audibly, I believe that he could. God used to call my dad when he was a young man at night. He used to call him by his name. He used to say, Oscar. And my dad would wake up in the middle of the night and there was nothing there. And it was just God calling his name. I've never had God call my name in the middle of the night. I never had a supernatural intervention like that. But I do want to speak to you about different ways, and I'm going to cover three today, of how God speaks to us. He speaks to us, like I said before, a million different ways. But today I want to cover the three, three of the most common ways he speaks. And the first one is hearing God through the word. And I want you to put your hand to the person that's next to you. Put your hand on that person and tell them God speaks to us through his word. And before we get into my notes and everything that I have to share with you today, I want to ask you, when was the last time you took time to sit down and really devour and read the word and take in everything that you're reading? Some of you guys probably have a discipline of doing this on a daily basis. Maybe some of you guys are, at one point you did it on a daily basis, but now you're a little bit slacking and you do it a couple of times a week. Maybe some of you guys just... You use your Bible just to come to church. You bring it and you use it here on Sundays. Some of you guys don't even bring your Bible or even have a Bible. And you just read the verses when we put them on here. But it's so important because the most common way that God speaks to us is through his word. And I want you to declare that. Raise your right hand with me and say, God speaks to us through his word. And I want to ask you tonight, is there anything that you need to hear God's voice today about? Maybe you need it for wisdom Maybe you're sitting here and you need guidance for this week that's coming up, confirmation for something that you think it's the right thing, but you're not so sure and you need God to confirm. Maybe you need his, his word for a clear path towards your future. But in order to meet this person, the place to start is the book that he wrote, which is called the Bible. So the other day, this happens to me quite frequently, actually. We fall asleep in our bed and Luca has his own room. But occasionally in the middle of the night, Luca starts crying 4 o'clock in the morning. So what we do is we go and we get him and we bring him to the bed with daddy and mommy. And he loves it. That's like Luca's highlight. And he just, he lays down like he's the king of the bed right between us. And he has to make sure that he feels daddy on his left and he feels mommy on his right. And that's the way he falls asleep. He just falls asleep. And then we're all like cornered into each corner. And... When I heard Luca that specific night, I got up, and I didn't want to wake up Carly, so you know, I was trying to feel my way through the room and everything, and I smashed my small toe, my little toe, bam, against the corner of the wall. Raise your hand if you've ever been guilty of this. It's a crime, I tell you. You smash your little, maybe you've done it against the wall, and I actually lifted up a piece of my skin. I mean, I thought I had lost my pinky, but we prayed for it, and it was all well after that. But it was a terrible situation. 
Carly woke up, so it was to no avail. I went and I got Luca. I put him in bed, went, just washed it off a little bit. I was so sleepy, so I didn't really care about the pain, so I went to sleep. But what would have helped that situation? What would have helped that situation? Or what would have prevented me from smashing my small toe against the corner of the wall? Anybody? Turning on the light. Turning on the lamp. Am I right? If I would have turned on the lamp, I would have known where I was going. And, and what's the thing about the lamp? You see, when you turn on the light, darkness can't stay. Once you turn on the light, darkness dissipates. How many say amen to that? So look what Psalms chapter 119, 105 says. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now this example, it's, you know, something that happened to me. It was a physical example, but now taking this to the spiritual. When you have God's word, which is a light, you're not going to smash your little toe. You're going to make sure that everywhere you walk, every decision you make, God's going to light a path, and you're going to be able to see if there was something shady, if there's something dark that you can't even tell and make out what it's, you know, what it's all about. As long as you go to God's word every single day, there will be no darkness. How many say amen? And I believe, I feel from God right now, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I believe there's a lot of people right here that you're, you have situations that are obscure, and I want to challenge you, go to the light. Turn on the lamp. You know, don't try to walk in the dark because you're going to smash your toe. Go to the lamp. Go to the light. Go to the word of God. And you're going to see that God's going to bring favor and God's going to bring confirmation with respect to the things that probably seem a little bit cloudy right now. How many of you believe that? See, light forces out darkness. I've had young people come up to me in the past when I was a youth pastor. And they would, you know, after preaching a message and saying, you know, God wants to use you. You know, you're a man of God. We always encourage young people to believe that God is with them. And I've had young people after the service come to me and tell me, you know what, Pastor, I don't, you know, I've done a lot of dirty things. I don't think that God could forgive me. I don't think that God can use me because, look, I'm addicted to pornography. I've seen so many nasty pictures, videos, and stuff like that. I'm, and honestly, I don't think I could be able to be used by God. Basically, I would tell them this. I would tell them, look, it's no doubt that you probably were doing some things that were you were involved in darkness, but the minute that you turn on the light, you start dissipating away darkness. The reason why sometimes darkness prevails in our lives and we continue falling into the same sin is because the light's not there. It's not prevalent. But once you start turning on the light, once you go to the scriptures and you start hearing God's word, you know what? You're going to start seeing clearly, and God is going to start showing you and speaking to you in a way that is real to your life, and you're going to start seeing the warning signs. You're going to start seeing... And you're going to start hearing the voice of God telling you, be careful, don't go that way. Be careful because this will only deter you and take you back, you know, make you lose all these years that you've gained. So sometimes we think that we've messed up so much that we can't get back. No. It's true that sometimes our life is so layered with so much darkness that it's not going to happen from one day to the other. But if you start turning the light on, turning the lamp on, it's a lamp onto your feet. The word of God gives you clear direction. It gives you a clear path. And if you start doing consistently, trust me, you're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see God speak to you. You're going to see God confirm things in your life. You're going to see God counsel you. It's important to do this. It's important to do this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's amazing. When you start to read God's word, when you start to study God's word, when you start to meditate on God's word, memorize God's word, 
the light will overcome the darkness. I love a passage that's in Luke chapter 15, verse 8. You can look at it when you get home. And it talks about a woman that had 10 silver coins and she lost one. Now, these silver coins, they weren't a quarter. It wasn't a nickel. These silver coins were really expensive. They were worth a whole lot. And she lost one. She became very worried because she probably needed that to pay the rent or for whatever the case may be. So the Bible says that the first thing she did is guess what? If you read the verse, it says she turned on the lamp. And she swept the floor. And she searched all over and she found the coin. You know, there's a lot of things that are lost. Maybe you have a lot of things that have been lost in time. Maybe your future, maybe your direction, maybe your focus, your calling that have been lost in time. But when you turn on the light, you know what? All things become clear. So I think that one of the things and one of the best ways that God speaks to us is through his word. No wonder the enemy doesn't want you to read the word of God. Oh, man, but it's so boring. It doesn't even have any pictures. Well, you could get one now with pictures if that's what you want. Once you start getting into the word of God, you're going to start seeing things more clearly. And after this foundation that we set the first two weeks about praying and getting in the presence of God and having a heart for God and taking time to speak to God, one of the best ways you could start hearing back from God is reading the Bible. So I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you guys to start reading the Bible every single day for those that don't do it. Every single day. And I know this may seem immature for some of you guys because you've been here for a long time, but trust me, it's a revelation for some of you guys that are new. And, and even for some people that you stopped reading, this is going to help you so much in knowing and reconnecting with God, you know, knowing where God is taking you from now on. Go to the Word, and all that was lost will be recovered. How does God speak to me through the Bible? Should we just open the Bible at random, close our eyes, and put our finger, and wherever it lands, that's what God speaks to us? There's an old preacher story of a guy that did that, and he opened the Bible and he said, God, speak to me. He didn't pray, actually. He just said, okay, let's see what God tells me today. Opens the Bible, puts his finger on it, and it says, Judas went out and hanged himself. He was like, Lord, what are you telling me? This is weird. So he closed the Bible, opened up again, put his finger on another verse, opened his eyes, and it says, go and do likewise. God, is that you? So he closed the Bible again, opened it again, opened his eyes, put his finger on it and says, what you are about to do, do quickly. <laughs> Definitely not God's voice. There was another similar instance like this, but with respect to a businessman, this guy, he was in the business world, came to God. He was just trying to get his life in order, didn't know about how God spoke to him through the Bible. So he was doing the same thing and he was like, God, you know, my business hasn't been going so good. I need you to give me a clear direction to what you want me to invest in. So he went and he closed his eyes and he went like this and pointed his finger, opened his eyes, and it fell on a verse that mentioned cattle. So the guy got into the cattle business. It went well for a while, but then it didn't do too good after a few years. So he did the same thing after a few years. And he closed his eyes. God, what do you want me to get into? God, I know you want to prosper me, God, and I want to use this for your kingdoms. And tell me, here it goes. Boom. Put his finger and it was a verse that talked about the anointing oil. And so he started getting into the oil business. After a few years, the guy, he didn't do too well. Apparently, it wasn't God speaking to him through the word that way. And he did this one third, one third time. He goes, God, my gosh, my businesses are so bad. I need you to give me a solution. You know, what's my next step in life? Closed his eyes, closed his Bible, opened it, opened his eyes, put his finger, and it landed right on chapter 11. 
Chapter 11, bankruptcy. What I encourage people always to do is that when you're going to read the word, pray before, ask God to give you clear understanding and to speak to you in a personal and unique way. I've heard so many people say, well, you know, I read the Bible, but I don't understand it. The Bible comes to life. It was written a long time ago, but the Bible says that the words of the Bible are alive. They penetrate the heart to the deepest part of a human being, and they change a person's heart. I mean, when you read the word of God, you're reading life unto you. So what you got to do is you got to pray to God and say, Lord, after you have your time of prayer, say, God, I thank you. You've been so good to me today after you worship. And now, God, as I open your word, reveal to me what you want to talk to me. I just don't want to read a book just to read it and say, okay, I did good. I read a chapter. A chapter a day keeps the devil away. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to get something out of this. And if you do that, sincerely, God's going to start speaking to you. Every single time, every single day that you open the book, God is going to speak to you directly. And you're going to start to apply those principles. And every time you apply God's principles, it's always going to translate into blessing for your life. It's going to translate into recovering that which was lost. Like in the case of this woman in Luke chapter 15. It's going to translate into you having direction and clarity with respect to your future. Where God is leading you. With respect to recovering what is lost. I think I already said that. But it's going to bring everything together. And God's going to just guide you through his word. Can we give God a clap offering for God's word? It's such a blessing that sometimes we take for granted. The next way that God speaks to us is through worship. Worship is not the songs we sing to warm up the people and get them rowdy and get them ready for the sermon. When the worship team comes up here and they start the service and they start, you know, rallying us up in worship and connecting us to the throne of God, they're not just like the appetizer to an entree. God speaks to us through worship. That's why I always advise people, don't get late to church. Sometimes we say, oh, no, I'm just going to get there when the pastor speaks so I can hear what God has to say for my life. When you come to worship, you come in thanksgiving, and you come with a willingness spirit to give unto God. Some people say, oh, I love the service. I love to hear an encouraging word, but I don't like to give an offering, and I don't like to sing. And those are the things where we're involved, and we're giving unto God. If you just come just expecting to see what you can get out of church, I mean, that's a very selfish motivation. You see, we come to church not to see what God can do for us. True motivation behind coming to church is about coming to see what I can offer God. You see, God's done too much already for us. He's been too good with us. He gave his son Jesus Christ to die. I mean, I have salvation. I have eternal life. That's, man, that's reason to sing. You know what? I'm going to come to church. I'm not going to get here late. I'm not going to get here at 6.10 if we start at 6. Why? Because that's a way that I honor God. And I come and I praise God and worship and praise. It's not an appetizer for the sermon. It's me connecting to God. I could spend days here just counting testimonies of people that have been touched during worship. Well, does God not move during worship anymore? Yeah, of course he does. But if you have the right motivation, of course. If you're just coming just to sing the songs because you like them, if you come just to oh, see how the guitar player does his riffs, then it's all superficial. But if you realize that when people get together to worship God, God is drawn into that place. When you have a heart of worship and you're about giving God 
you know, the glory for everything that he's done in your life, even for the things that you don't understand, God says there's a true worshiper. And God starts speaking. I've seen people being healed of infirmities during worship. I've known people that they heard God's voice during worship. You know, that they were going through a difficult situation. I've known people that they were about to take their lives and just the lyrics of a song just got them bawling, crying, and just without anybody laying hands on them or making a calling to repentance. Why? Because through worship, God speaks to us. And worship is not limited to this place. Worship is not something we do on churches the first 30 minutes. Worship is something that happens or could happen in your house, in your car, in your workplace. Wherever you take time to give God glory, that's worship. I wrote it this way. Anytime we see God for who he is and then respond accordingly with or without music, that's worship. I'll say it again. Anytime we see God for who he is and then respond accordingly with or without music, that's the essence or that's true worship. Worship is an encounter with God. Come on, raise your right hand with me and I want you to scream it as loud as you can. Say, worship is an encounter with God. How in need are we on a daily basis to have encounters with God? Well, you can have one on a daily basis. You can have multiple encounters with God on a daily basis if you have the right motivation. If you connect with God in the car through worship, we talked about with music or without music. Sometimes we associate worship just with music. Music is just the medium through which worship flows and we connect with God. You know, you could just be giving God thanks you're responding to God, right? Like we said, we respond accordingly. We see God for who he is. He's a good God. We respond, God, thank you for your gratefulness. You're having a worship moment. You're giving God thanks. God could connect himself with you, and God could start speaking to you right then and there. During worship, God meets with us and speaks with us. I want you to go to Exodus 25, 22. I love this verse. There's revelation in this verse. He's telling Moses, and there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat. You see, God is giving Moses a bunch of instructions on, about the, the mercy seat and about the tabernacle that he is to build. And God is telling them that he was going to meet with him there. Now, Moses is the guy that God will speak to face to face. Now, if you remember correctly, when Jesus died, what was the thing, what broke the minute that Jesus died and surrendered his spirit? The veil. The Bible says that the veil of the temple split in two and what does that mean well there, there was a part of the temple that it was called the holies of holies that only the high priest could go in there once a year and he had to be super holy and not have messed up he couldn't have cursed he couldn't have sent anything he couldn't have talked bad to his wife or lifted his voice to his children he needed to be blameless and when he walked in there once a year he will come in contact with this that represented God, and he would speak to God, and God would forgive the sins. But you see, when Jesus died for us, that veil was broken. So what does that mean? Now, it's not just one person going to God once a year. We have open access. That's what that meant. When Jesus died, and he surrendered his spirit, and that veil broke, it was God telling you, look, you don't have to go through somebody now. Jesus is the mediator. You could go to God directly through the blood of Jesus Christ, and you could connect with God, and you could speak to God. So we have open access. And here he's telling Moses, I will meet with you there and I will speak with you from the mercy seat. Notice that he doesn't say, I will speak to you. He says, I will speak with you. Big difference. 
Speaking to you is when God just gives you a bunch of directions and you're just listening and you run with it. But speaking with you is when there's a conversation and there's a dialogue. I love that. Just a little word changes so many things. God is telling Moses, look, I'm not, I'm not just going to give you instructions. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to sit down and have coffee, and I'm going to tell you, and you're going to tell me, and we're going to come, and we'll resolve problems, and I'm going to give you my wisdom, and you're going to tell me what's up with you, and I'm going to tell you how to resolve your problems. The same thing God tells us. And when we connect and worship, when we, when we enter the holies of holies, when we get into that place and we thank God, man, the heavens open and we have direct access to God. During worship, also, we gain perspective. Is there anybody here in this place that possibly needs joy in your life? Maybe you need to be refreshed. Maybe you're going through a very stressful time in your life. You got a lot going on because you're about to start college or you got a lot of stuff going wrong in your family and your, and your money and you got a lot of things falling on top of you and you don't know. You need to be refreshed. You need perspective for your life today. Look what Psalms 116.11 says. It says, in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. When you're able to get out of all these things that are trying to call your attention, all these problems, and you're able to connect with God in a real way, you're going to find fullness of joy. Maybe your problems will still be there, but you know what? You have God by your side. And when you connect with God, you know, something supernatural happens. You start seeing how great God is, and that starts diminishing your problems. You start seeing that your problems are really are not that big because you have the king of kings on your side. Even if you're sick, you know that God is your healer and he's got it. And you could be even diagnosed with a terminal illness, but you know that God is on your side. So he gives you that fullness of joy. Also, it says in Acts 3, 19, it describes how times of refreshing come from being in the presence of the Lord. I believe that there's people here in this place that you need a time of refreshing. There's people here sitting right here in this auditorium. You're probably tired, but it's not a physical tiredness because you've, you've gotten your eight hours of sleep, but it's like a, like a spiritual. You're tired inside of, of not seeing a breakthrough of, of too much routine, and God wants to give you and enter you into a time of refreshing. And that can only happen when you get into the presence of God. You see why God wants you to worship? You see why God wants you to go into his word and study and meditate it? You see why now the enemy doesn't want you to worship and the enemy doesn't want you to read the word? Because there's fullness of joy. There's undeniable peace. And third, during worship, we receive boldness and power. God gives us this courage that can only come from him to live, to please him, and witness to others. I talked to you about... Hearing God through the word, I spoke to you about listening to God through worship, and now I want to close off talking about listening to God through relationship. Everybody say, hearing God through relationship. And I want to establish here that our relationship with God is our highest priority. As we begin to finish off tonight, I want you to see how Satan works. You see, if we go back all the way to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, you guys remember the story. The serpent came to Adam and Eve and flat out lied to them and told them this. I'm paraphrasing. He said, it's more pleasurable to disobey God than to obey him. That's basically what the serpent told them. Put another way, say, things are going to go better for you both if you eat the fruit than if you don't. You're missing something. God is withholding something good from you. 
and sin is the solution. And you see, many years have passed from that, but the devil's still using the same trick, the same old trick. We think that sometimes there's more pleasure in sin and that it's boring to be a Christian and to obey God. And it's totally the opposite. We think that, you know, sometimes it's a burden to come and give our tithes to God. Man, I, I earned that money. I had to sweat for that. And God knows how many bills I have to pay to come, God, and bring me, bring him 10%. What? God knows how messed up my finances are. Well, don't you want God to fix it? Don't you want to let God into your finances? He can become your partner. And he'll bless you. And he'll help you get out of your debt. And he'll help you. But you have to start by honoring him. And in doing that, you have to show faith. You have to trust. If you are here today and you have Jesus, you will have joy. You will have peace. You will have lasting satisfaction. And this is why we must make our relationship with God our highest priority. The enemy is still trying to fool you and saying, come on, so God told you that, you know, you have to go to church and God told you that you have to, you know, talk to people about how good God is and come on. But the Bible says that those who are and dwell in God's presence have fullness of joy, have peace. I closed off last week, and I'm going to close off this week also using this story, something that's very familiar to some of you guys, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. And it's the story of a woman that they were very, really good friends with Jesus, and Jesus was staying over their house, and this lady, you know, like most women, when somebody important staying over your house you want to make sure the house is clean you want to make sure everything's perfect the pillows are on the sofa and everything's you know clean there's no food on the floor from the kids and she's doing all these things she's cooking for jesus you know she's putting something on the microwave she's you know cleaning at the same time and taking care of all the things that she needs to take and and mary's just sitting because jesus jesus already walked in and she's just sitting like saying what's up jesus what, what do you got to share and this, this lady, she gets really upset. And she, she even tells Jesus, why don't you correct this lazy bum? I mean, that's my version, right? Why don't you correct her? She's just sitting down. And I'm doing all the work here. I mean, it's not just. And Jesus told her one thing. He says, told her, she chose the best part. Because she took time to sit at my feet and to listen to my voice. And I want to close off today challenging you to be able to start tuning in your ear to what God wants to speak. I think that God's calling us to, hey, time out. Take it easy. Take it easy. Stop running around. Stop trying to solve so many problems on your, you know, with your own abilities. Stop trying to thank your God and give God his place because there's wisdom coming out of the mouth of God. God wants to speak to you. So, you know, sometimes we need to turn off social media. We need to turn off the NBA conference finals. We need to turn off whatever, whatever is getting you unfocused and just connect with God and take some time off to just clear your schedule and say, God, speak to me. Or better yet, because God's constantly speaking, better yet, God, I'm ready to listen to you. And just bow down and say, God, speak to me. I need to hear your voice. I have incredible decisions that I need to make. 
I may have made a lot of mistakes in my past, but I can't afford to make another one. I need to make sure that my life from now on is guided by you and not by me. So speak to me, God. I'm ready to listen. And you're going to start seeing how God's going to start. Not that he's going to start speaking, but you're going to start to listen to God. It's like you connect it to the frequency. And wisdom's going to come. God's going to start confirming certain things. You know, there's a lot of young people here. Man, you have to include God in every decision you make. Sometimes, you know, we hook up with people and like, oh, yeah, you know, he's good looking. And I'm going to start to date him. And did you even ask God? Did you talk to your pastors? See what they think? That's the godly way of doing things. You know, when you get into a relation with somebody, you know, have your pastors come and bless that relationship. And before you even get to that level, go to God and say, God, what do you think about this person? Trust me, God knows them better than you. There may be a lot of hidden things that you don't know, but God knows. And God protects us when we go to him. Start going to the word. God wants to speak to you. You know, start creating atmosphere of worship where you are. Instead of turning on and solo and desync on your word of work, why don't, you, why don't you start turning on Caleb? Why don't you start listening to worship music? Why don't you tune into, you know, Hillsong or Elevation Worship and, and start worshiping God on your way to work? You're going to start seeing how different your life is and how God's going to start to speak to you, even through the little things in life. God doesn't just speak through relationship with him, through the word, and through worship. He speaks so many ways. And I want to challenge you now to be able to start having an ear to listen to God's voice. Please stand on your feet. For those people that want to start to make changes, significant changes in your life. Because you've been too busy and you haven't given God an opportunity to speak to you. You're going to make those changes and you're willing to say, God, I want you to start speaking to you, to me. And I'm going to do everything in my power to give you and to set the stage so that you can continue to speak to me. If that's you, I want you to come up front. I want to pray for you. And we're going to worship in a little moment. All those that want to hear from God, all those that want to have their ear clear and say, God, I'm putting my life on the line. I want you to start to speak to me in a supernatural way. Come on front. Come on. Who's going to break the ice? I know, I know that there's many of you guys here that you need to hear God for different situations or different reasons. It's funny how some, sometimes we're waiting for somebody to go first because we don't want to break the ice. Man, whenever God gives you an opportunity to run to him, just forget about who's looking at you and forget about who's watching you. It's just you and God. God never despises those that come to him. I truly believe that God's going to start speaking to you guys in a supernatural way to all those that are giving God time, the time that he deserves, taking time off your busy schedule to connect with God. I, I believe this as well. I believe that God's going to start to speak to many of you guys through visions, through dreams. There's other ways that God speaks. He moves in different ways. And I believe that God's voice is going to become evident. Young people, men, women, we need God's voice. We need God's presence, present in our daily lives. We need it. Without God, we're lost. And what we're doing today is turning on the lamp so that the presence of God could shine in our lives. Father God, I thank you so much for every single young man, young woman, every single person in this place that realizes that
They need to start giving you a little bit.